Remember that Jesus said, he who hears these sayings of mine, the sayings of Jesus are in red ink in your Bible, and does them, I'll liken him unto a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house. Every spiritual house will experience storms. And the Bible says it fell not because it was founded on the rock. What was the rock? His teachings, red letter living. It does no good, ladies and gentlemen. It does no good at all to hear the word and not do it. The word is to be walked out, not just heard. Now, Matthew 13, verse 1, I'm going to call this today, you are a seed. And we're looking at the first parable of Jesus. It says in Matthew 13, verse 1, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. And parables are just spiritual illustrations, illustrations to, to mark or describe or explain a spiritual truth. He spoke to them in parables. And here's the first one. Verse 3, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Now that's three negatives. There are four results for the sowing of the seed three negative and one positive. So here's the positive in verse 8. Others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, nobody hearing him understood it, even his own disciples. So if you'll turn to verse 19 in the same chapter, Jesus explains the parable. And let's read that and we'll pray and be seated. Verse 19, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. I want you to say with me, the devil wants the word that is sown in my heart. So you got to watch over it. So he says, the wicked one came and snatched away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Now, here's the second result of the seed. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root. There's no root in himself. Where is the root? It's in you. He has no root in himself. And then it says, but when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, immediately this person stumbles, walks away, can't handle the heat in the kitchen because he has no root. That's why we need deep roots, spiritual roots in our hearts. 
Now, verse 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it and indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Father, I thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts that understand the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Well, we're going through red letter living, and I'm going to be on this all summer long. I'm choosing some of the more difficult uh, sayings of Jesus and things that I think uh, we really need to hear and understand. This particular parable is, is sentimental to me. When God called me to preach, uh, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And I, I had stage fright, all caps. And I accepted an invitation to go speak somewhere for the very first time. And it occurred to me, I had no idea, no clue how to put a message together. Didn't have a clue. So I kind of freaked out on the inside. And all I knew to do was go into my little prayer closet, which was my little tiny bedroom in my house and I got on my face and I said Lord what am I going to do and the very first message he ever put on my heart was this one and the first message I ever brought to any group of people was this parable uh, this parable is crucial that every believer understand it because you are in this parable I don't care where you are in your spiritual life you are in this parable now let's talk about the parable of the sower the parable of the sower there are four things to keep in mind in this parable. And I want us to remember them, all right? Say it with me. The sower, the seed, the soil, and the sequence. Now, if we can just remember those four things, we're going to understand this parable. So let's try it again. The sower, the seed, the soil, and the sequence. Now, when I say sequence, here's what I mean. The different seeds and the different types of ground the seed went into. So let's try them together. The seed by the wayside, seed in rocky places, seed among thorns, and the seed that fell on good ground. So we've got the sower, we've got the seed, we've got the soil, and we've got the sequence. Now, Jesus explained the parable later on in Matthew chapter 13, where there's eight parables all together. And in Matthew 13, verse 37, he tells us that the sower of the seed is the Son of Man. The sower of the seed is Jesus Christ himself. Verse 37, he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. Now, right now, I'm sowing seed into your heart. I'm sowing the seed of the Word of God. But guess what? There's somebody standing behind me, and there is a Holy Ghost bringing it to your heart and making it live to you. And it is the Son of Man. He is the sower of every seed of the Word of God that goes into our hearts. So the sower is Jesus himself. The field is the world. The field where the seed goes, Jesus said, is the world. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. Now, listen carefully what I'm going to share with you. The seed is twofold. There's two aspects to the seed. First, the seed sown into the heart is the Word of God. 
God sows the seed into our hearts. Do you know that when you got saved, Peter said it was by not the will of man, not the will of the flesh, but Peter says when you got saved, it was by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. When you open up this Word, this is just a great big basket of seed. It is the eternal Word of God. Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They live. They pulsate. They're alive. The Word is a seed. And so that seed is sown into your heart. When you got saved, it was a result of you hearing the gospel. And guess what? When you got saved, it was not the result of you studying all the facts about Jesus Christ and deciding, well, based on the data, I think that I'll come to Christ and be saved. No, no, no. When you got saved, it was the result of God working on you for a long time by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, no man says Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And he said, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. So anytime somebody believes on Jesus who God sent into the world, that is the work of God, not the work of a person. So first of all, the seed is the seed sown into your hearts. It's the kingdom word. It's the word of God. But second, the individual who hears and receives that word is then sown into the world by Jesus in order that they would bring forth fruit. Now watch this. You receive the seed of the Word of God into your heart, and you get saved, and you become a son or a daughter of the kingdom. But then Jesus says, then he takes you, a born-again child of God, and he sows you as a seed into the world. So you are a seed. Can you say that with me? I am a seed. I mean, what a difference in life that makes. You're not just getting up every day, going to a nine-to-five, coming home, eating dinner, watching a little TV, going to bed, getting up and doing the same thing, going through the same old, same old, the same humdrum, the same work-a-day world. No, no, no. You've got to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. When He invested the seed of the Word of God into your heart, He then took you and He sowed you as a seed into the world. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt preserves. Light shines into the dark. You are a sown light. You are, God took you and he salted you into the world. And the kingdom is the salt shaker. And he has shaken every one of us. He has sown every one of us as salt into the world. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you would go and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. So every one of us who are born again today need to realize that God chose us, put his word in our heart, put his spirit in our soul. Then he has sown us as seed into the world. Amen. Now, if you'll notice verse 19, verse 19 says, This is he who receives seed by the wayside. 
But here's another translation. This is he, pronoun he. That means a person. This is he who was sown along the wayside. Another version says, there you have the seed sown along the footpath. If we read this straight out of the Greek language, which this this, uh, New Testament was written in, here's how it would read. This is he who by the wayside was sown. So Jesus is not talking about the seed sown into your heart. Here in this parable, he's talking about you being the seed that is sown into the world. So that makes me, as the children's song says, a person of promise or a great big bundle of potentiality. Amen. I love that song anyway. Yeah. I am a great big bundle. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. I can't believe I remember that. I used to play that to my kids when they were little. My soul, the things the Holy Ghost can bring up in you when you're preaching. So can you say with me, I am a great big bundle of potential. You're not just out there. You are a sown seed, sown by Jesus into the world to make a difference. Amen. So Jesus is saying there are two sowings that that happen in this parable. First, the word is sown into the hearts of people. It says they hear the word and with joy they receive it. Do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember how everything looked cleaner, looked brighter, looked more sparkly? The load of sin and guilt was lifted off of your shoulders. He put his spirit within you. You looked up and you said, Abba, Father, I am now a son or a daughter of the living God. I've been born again. I've been delivered from the devil, delivered from hell, delivered into heaven. I have been saved. Don't you remember? The joy you received it with. So he says, these people illustrated in this parable hear the word and anon with joy they receive it. But he's also saying, second, the sower, Jesus, then takes those who hear the word and receive it and he sows them as seeds of promise into the world to influence the world for him. Can I tell you that there is a call on your life? If you're a child of God, you are called and you are called to be an influence. He has sown you into the ground. Well, well, where is my ground? Wherever you happen to be. Wherever you happen to be, that's where you've been sown. You may not be there tomorrow, but you're there today. And if you're there today, you have been sown as light and salt and as a seed into the earth, into the world, that you might make a difference. Every time you say the name of Jesus, it's like you turned on a flashlight in a room. Jesus said, no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. But he lets it shine into the whole room that all the house may receive light. If you're walking in the Holy Ghost and you're walking with Jesus and you say the name of Jesus and you share Jesus with others, it's like you're lighting a candle into a dark room. He has sown you as light. Every time you take a stand for righteousness, you're acting like salt. You are preserving the world from the spread of wickedness. He has sown you as salt and as light into the world. Seeds of promise to influence the world for him. First, he sows the word into your heart. Then he sows you into the world that you would bear fruit. So would you say with me again, I am a seed of promise. 
This revelation changed my life. I can remember the day I was sitting in a Bible study. I was just sitting there. I'd been saved for a little while. I'd been filled with the Spirit. I was so hungry for the things of God, I couldn't stand it. And I was, we were uh, having a Bible study in a house. All of us were sitting on the floor, Indian fashion, just listening to this guy share the Word, sitting on a stool. He was just sharing the Word in blue jeans and a pullover shirt, and everything was real informal. But he quoted one verse. He quoted a verse, and it was like this thing had wings, and it just flew into my heart. And a revelation hit me that God had called me. And when I realized that God had called me, I realized that I wasn't in the earth by accident, that I wasn't here by happenstance, that my distant ancestors did not crawl as amoebas out of some ancient sea where we just evolved into what we are. No, I was created by God, made by God, fashioned by God, wonderfully made by God, and called by God. And I am sown into this world, a seed of the kingdom. God invested his word in me. Now he has sown me into the ground of this world, and he's looking for a return on his investment. He's looking for a return on his investment. You know the parable of the talents. One was given five, one two, and the other one one. The one that was given one talent buried that talent. And when the master of the house came back and said, what'd you do with the talent that I gave you? He said, I was afraid of you. I was, a, I was afraid of you. And I knew that you reap where you didn't sow and you were harsh and hard and difficult. So in fear, I buried my talent. And he said, you foolish and wicked servant, you should have sown what I gave you into the world where I sowed you. And then I would have gotten a return on my investment. The one that got two talents brought two more. The one that got five talents brought five more. But the one that was given one talent out of fear and out of mis perception, misinterpretation of who God was in fear. He was afraid of him. He buried it and he lost reward. I'm telling you, every one of us has one talent, two talents, five talents. We've all got something. And he sowed the word into our heart and then he turned around and sowed us as seed to influence our world. In other words, salvation isn't just fire insurance. He's not just a 911 God. We don't just call him when we've got a flat tire or when we're in trouble, when we need him to get us out of jail, get us out of trouble. God is a God who is served every day. And, and salvation is more than just going to heaven someday. Salvation is, I have saved you, put my word in you, and now I'm sowing you. So there at your workplace, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, you're a sown seed in McDonald's. Listen, I don't care if you're working in a, listen, if you're working in a, in a, in a for a lawyer and you're just going through papers all day long, you are sown like a seed from the kingdom into that place. No matter where you are, school, work, home, your neighborhood, you're a light shining into the dark. You're the salt of the earth. Jesus took you in the palm of his hand and sowed you into the ground and now I remember in elementary school, everybody planted seeds somewhere in elementary school. And I can remember in that science class when you planted the seed and watered it. And the teacher said, just give it time. It'll come up. And every day you would go and you would look. And if you were like me, you dug them back up. Because <laughs> you wanted to see what they were doing down there. 
And then there they are. Oh, well, okay. You buried them back up, watered it again. And every day you wanted to see an investment on your sowing. And one day, miracle of miracles, there's that little green sprout poking up out of that dirt. And you saw the miracle of life. Well, let me tell you, every one of you have been sown into the world. And God is looking. When am I going to see love? How about a little bit of joy? Where is some of that peace? Where are some other people getting saved? Because they shared Jesus with them. I'm looking for some greenery. I'm looking for something to come poking out of that dirt. Because I have sown you as a seed into your world. Now, let's look at these four things. Jesus says that four things happen to those sown into the world based on what happens. I want you to listen carefully to this. Jesus says four things happen to the people sown into the world based on what happens to the Word in their hearts while they're in the world. So as the Word in your heart goes, so will the ground around you go. He that was sown by the wayside, what happened to him? He that was sown by the wayside. The Bible says the enemy attacks the word that was sown in their heart and snatched it away. This person turns away in unbelief. This person has the word of the kingdom that was sown into their heart, snatched away by the devil who said, has God said? Has God really said? How do you know this is the word of God? Are you sure about this Jesus stuff? And before they can even really get going... There they are, sown into the world, but the devil comes along and says, let me see if I can stop them before they're even started. See, the devil is, is, is a creature of miscarriage and abortion. He wants to stop you before you even get going. That's why he tried to kill Jesus before he could get going. That's why he tried to kill Moses before he could get going. That's why he is, he is a murderer of something in its infanthood because he doesn't want you to even get your wheels rolling. So he comes and he steals the word that was in their heart. And this person suddenly turns away in unbelief. I I knew one of these people. Uh, When I got baptized in water, baptized in Lake Dallas, many, many, many years ago, there was a guy there right there in the water with me. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, this and that and the other. And just a few months after that, he just walked away from Jesus. He just walked away. The devil came and took the word that was snatched or that was put in his heart and snatched it away. He emailed me. Just a couple of weeks ago, I haven't even heard from him in over 30 years. He emailed me and said, was that you I heard on the radio preaching? He said, are you still in that? And I emailed back, yeah, and I've got it worse than ever. I'm really involved now. I wish you could know me now. It's really gone deep now. And I haven't heard back from him. But I want you to understand that when the Lord puts the Word of God in your heart, when the Spirit of God puts the Word in your heart, the enemy wants to snatch it away. And so because this person that was sown into the same ground as the other three, but because he turned away in unbelief, the ground he was sown into was unresponsive. You would never know he was sown into the ground because the ground was totally unresponsive. There was nothing to show for the fact that he was sown into that ground. Hebrews 3.12 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing and departing from the living God. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So you got to watch over the word in your heart, lest the ground around you be unresponsive. Now next, 
He that was sown upon the rocky places. He that was sown upon the rocky places. Jesus said that for this one, the sun was risen and the seed was scorched. The sun that scorched the seed was tribulation and persecution that arises because of the word in their heart. Now, I told you last week, and I got a promise for you, straight out of the Bible. If you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. Now, I'm not talking about being a a, a nominal, marginal believer. Everybody will leave you alone alone, because they can't tell the difference between you and the world. And that's another message altogether. There's a a cultural Christian and there's a biblical Christian. The cultural Christian looks just like everybody else. The biblical Christian who ministers Jesus, walks in the light, walks in the word. They let their light shine. They let their light shine like Jesus told them to. That person, I guarantee you, is going to be persecuted. And here's what Jesus is saying. This individual in this parable who received the word with joy, hallelujah, he's Lord, I'm saved, glory. He gets out there in the world. He shines for a little bit. And then the sun of persecution rises over his head. The heat of disfavor and criticism begins to beat down on him. And he goes through a thought process like this. He says, Oh, I didn't bargain on this. I didn't know I was going to get persecuted. I didn't know I was going to lose friends. I didn't know I wasn't going to be uh, popular anymore. I didn't know I was going to be called one of those. I didn't know people weren't going to like me because of it. I I like being liked by people. I really like being popular. I like the smile of man. And so what they do, they decide that the heat in the kitchen is not worth it. And so they walk away. Now, The word is in their heart, but now it's stifled. The ground they have been sown in by the Lord himself never bears any fruit because before they can influence anybody for the Lord, the heat of persecution and fear of the disapproval of man shuts fruitfulness down in their life. So the ground they were sown into shows nothing for their having been sown into it. Can I give you a little bit of advice here today? Free. Don't care about what people think. Who cares about what people think? None of them are going to be there when you go and meet Jesus Christ face to face. Let me tell you something about people. They're as fickle as the weather. They like you one day, decide they don't like you the next, make up their mind that maybe you're worth liking the next week. Then a few months later, they decide they don't like you again. And if you live your life based on what people think about you, you will never produce fruit for the glory of the kingdom in the ground he sows you into. So I just live for God, I let it out, and I let the chips fall where they may. Anybody that sticks with me when I'm walking with God is worth knowing. It's worth, and they're worth walking with. Amen? So I want the smile of heaven, not the smile of men. I want the applause of heaven, not the applause of men. And if I will live for the applause of heaven, the ground I have been sown into will bear fruit. Come on, everybody. This is good stuff here. You know, it gets hot here in Texas. I'm telling you, it gets so hot. There have been times driving down the highway in my car, I've seen it hit 116 degrees outside on that black pavement. You could go out there and crack an egg and fry it on that pavement in the middle of a July or August summer. And every year we hear about people who couldn't take the heat and they move away because of Texas heat. It's that way in the kingdom of God. Get used to it. If you're going to bear fruit, there's going to be some heat. Shine it on. Just give God the glory. Because Peter said, if you suffer for the name of Jesus, the 
spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Amen? So even though it's heat out here, it's blessing in here because the Word is working mightily in me. If He can get it through me, He's going to get it to me. Praise God. So this second person, the ground is non-productive. In the first one, unresponsive. In the second one, non-productive. Now we come to the third one, he that was sown among thorns. This is the seed, this is the person who allows his mind and his heart to be distracted by the worries and cares of this world and the false lure of riches that don't really satisfy. In other words, this seed sown into the ground has been successfully detoured, skillfully distracted away from what they are really supposed to be all about. And what are we supposed to be all about? He makes all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. And what is that good? That we might be conformed into the image of His Son. So what are we supposed to be all about? Jesus said, I chose you, that you would go and bring forth fruit, and your fruit should remain. We are supposed to be primarily all about bringing forth fruit to the glory of God. So this person, sown among thorns, here they are. They got the word in their heart, and the Lord sows them. And as he sows them, paying the bills, making that marriage work, raising those kids, taking care of that 401K, being sure we got enough money to retire on, taking care of the business of life, all the cares about this world, the pressures that it brings in on us. It comes in, it wraps its fingers around the word in your heart and chokes it and you become unfruitful in the ground God has sown you into. How many of you know what that's like? Yeah, how many of you know what that's like? I mean, the cares of this world. We deal with them all the time, don't we? Listen, God's called us to be single focused. He wants us to keep our eyes on Jesus. He wants us to remember who we are and what we're all about. And he says, if you will seek first my kingdom, and my righteousness, everything you're worried about, I'm going to add it to you as a side benefit. You won't have to be choked out by worry. If you put your eyes on my kingdom and my righteousness, I'm going to see to it you are taken care of. That's a great deal, y'all. That's a great deal. So the person has God's seed of promise, loses his kingdom value, and to him, the ground he was sown into becomes destructive instead of constructive. So say this with me, unresponsive ground, non-productive ground, and destructive ground. That's what happened with the first three. The soil was unresponsive through unbelief, non-productive through fear, and destructive through worries and riches all based on what happened to the Word in their heart. That's why it was unresponsive. Now we come to the last one. He that was sown on the good ground. Listen to what Luke says. He brings forth fruit with patience. This person brings forth fruit with patience. And so here he is. I'm in good ground. Why is the ground good? Because I'm not letting myself be taken down by unbelief or by fear or by worry. 
I'm keeping my eyes on what I'm supposed to be about. I'm seeking God. And so the ground around me is bringing forth fruit because I'm ministering the kingdom. I'm living for Jesus. I'm staying in the Word. I'm staying in prayer. I'm staying in church. I'm staying in fellowship. I'm bearing fruit. I love more than I did last year at this time. I've got more joy, more peace. The fruit of the Spirit is being brought forth in my life. As I walk with Jesus, I'm seeing fruit come. And because I'm walking with Him, lo and behold, the people around me are beginning to be influenced. And that's what it's all about. Finally, the people around you go, well, you know, I thought it was a fad at first, but now I see something happening with them. They're patient. They're kind. They're still going to church. Still, I've seen them go through some trials, and they just kept right on going. I saw people around the office making fun of them, and they just kept on in their Christianity. I, I, I've seen change in their life, and I've seen good things in their life. I've seen things where they should have panicked and freaked out like I would have, and they didn't. They had peace in the middle of a storm. I'm starting to connect the dots. I'm going to tell you, when I first got saved and God called me to preach, my first students were some girls in a a halfway house for unwed mothers. And none of them loved the Lord. I would walk in and they'd say this, oh, it's you. And i say, yeah, it's me. How long is this going to take? Well, not long. I mean, it wasn't like you guys, you know, feed me, feed me. It was like, huh, it's you. Turn the TV off, he's here. And they would make fun, and they'd ridicule me. They'd yawn. They'd talk. There was about eight or nine of them. And here I am trying to minister this message to these girls. Oh, my soul. I used to drive away from there and say, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? Are you sure I'm called? And he said, Jeff, bring forth fruit with patience. Just stay with it. One memorable night, I walked out after finishing and walked out to my car and I see this hose going up to my car. I opened up the door and water came gushing out. They had baptized my car in water. I looked up and I said, Jesus, this can't be you. And he said, just keep on. Besides, the car was a rattle trap. I needed to get rid of it. I got another rattle trap in its place. And I just learned, you know what? If you get a little heat for walking with Jesus, drink it up. Because, listen, the Word is going to work. The ground is going to bring forth. I can tell you now, most of the girls that were back there then in that class that gave me so much trouble are all walking with Jesus now. I've heard from some of them through the years. And I know that he finally made his way into their life. We got to quit being so sissified when it comes to walking with God. You're going to have to make up your mind you're going to bear fruit. You're going to have to make up your mind you're going to persevere. You're going to have to make up your mind that the ground you have been sown into is your ground. He has made you a a keeper of that ground, a sower into that ground. You are his seed in that family. You are his seed at that job. You are his seed at that school. You are his seed with those neighbors. So shine. (laughs) so for this person the ground was responsive it was productive and it was constructive because he kept the faith survived persecution and stayed true to his purpose and that was why he bore fruit so i want you to say these things with me would you number one i'm a seed of promise 
sown by Jesus into my world. My fruitfulness doesn't depend on what's happening around me, but on what's happening within me. Amen. Satan will try the same three things to stop you, unbelief, fear, and distraction. Don't let him do it. And fourth, if the Word is working in you, cultivated in you, and growing in you, the soil you've been planted in will respond. It'll take some time. You bring it forth with patience, but it will respond. Can we stand together today? How many of you are having to persevere through some rocky soil? Let me see. How many of you are having the heat of persecution beat down on you a little bit? All of you ought to be having that, one level or another. You ought to see some of my emails, just from what I say on the radio. Woo! I hold that from you. It's amazing if you just get out there and minister the Word, how it hits such hostility sometimes. That's all right. I have a place for those emails. I have a place for them. It's called delete. And off they go into cyberspace. But oh yeah, I get them. Oh yeah. What do you mean? The Bible's the Word of God. Are you stupid or something? I expect it, y'all. Let's get tough now. I tell you, it's it's weather-beaten, leather-faced spiritually people who are holding the fruit of the kingdom. <laughs> Somebody said, if you're going to be in the ministry and you're all in it, you've got to have the hide of a rhinoceros and the heart of a dove. All right, Father, I just thank you that you've sown us in, into the ground of this world. You first sowed your word into our hearts, but then you turned around and sowed us as seed into our world that we would bring forth fruit. Some on the mission field, some in full-time ministry, most in the everyday, work-a-day world just to let the light shine just to be salt. Now, Lord, we pray. I want to pray for this congregation that not one of them will be a seed sown on the wayside who turned away in unbelief. Not one of them will be the seed on rocky places that yielded to fear couldn't handle a little bit of persecution and walked away because of it. I pray that not one person here will be successfully distracted away from their primary purpose. But everyone here will be seed sown on good ground. And everyone listening by radio, seed sown on good ground that brings forth a hundredfold, sixty and thirty, 
that you get a return on your investment, that we go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit remains. In Jesus' name. Now, if that's your prayer, would you take a moment and say, Lord, let that be me. I don't want to be any of the first three. I want to be the fourth. I want to be the fourth.